0: Hi, I'm Sue Elvis from the blog Stories of an Unschooling Family. Welcome to my podcast. This is episode 34, and I'm going to be talking about a few different bits and pieces this week, something a little bit different. I was conjuring a few topics that I could do a whole podcast on. And I didn't come up with anything, so I'm just going to share a few things that we've been doing, a few things that we've been watching, some ideas that we're pondering. Uh, yeah, the story of our last week. I hope that uh, you will stay around and listen. Well, something really exciting happened to us last week, and I know that a lot of people in other parts of the world will wonder why on earth we got so excited Especially people who live in areas that have very cold winters. Because our excitement happened last Friday, we got up and it was snowing. Actually, we didn't know that it was snowing at our place. It had snowed a little earlier than than when we got up and my husband had to clear the snow off the car before he could go to work. But when we actually uh, looked out the window a little while later, it was raining. And so the snow had melted and yeah, turned into rain. Now, it doesn't snow very often where we live. You, you could probably guess that from our excitement. Maybe or a few years ago, we had... um. A sprinkling of snow, maybe four or five years. The last time we had snow that actually settled on the ground was, I think, 11 years ago when Gemma Rose was a baby. And we lived in an area surrounded by fields of cows. And I can remember seeing the snow covering the fields. It was so beautiful. And yes, the children got very excited. But because Gemma Rose was a baby at the time, she can't remember that snow. So uh, yes, we didn't think that we would see the snow on Friday because where we are, it wasn't actually snowing, but we had to go into town in the afternoon. My daughter Sophie had an orthodontic appointment in town, which is about half an hour's drive away, and we were driving down the back road th- through an area of paddocks, paddocks on both sides of the road, and the road winds through and twists and turns and goes up a hill and all of a sudden ahead of us we could see white on the, on the hill. And the girls all shouted and said, Oh look at that, Mum, look. It's snow. So I debated with myself whether we should actually drive, keep driving past town, going in search of the snow because it's such a unusual event for us I thought well I can't not let the girls see the snow let's go on an adventure let's just keep driving until we find the snow but that wasn't necessary because we went around a couple more bins and there was the snow we drove right through it on one side of the road it was higher ground than the other and yes the fields were all covered in white and I'm sure that people that live with snow all winter would think our snow was quite pathetic but it really did excite us and we were ooing and ahhing all along the road and then when we got a little bit closer to town there was an area on the side of the road where cars could park and people had parked and there were a lot of kids in a paddock and they were all throwing snowballs and making snowmen i guess that yeah they were excited too We drove right into town and there was snow all along the the road, on the edges of the road where it hadn't melted, and on people's roofs and covering their front lawns. So that was our exciting news for the week. That was really, really very special for us. One of those very special days, I don't know if it'll snow again, for another 11 years. Unfortunately, we don't have any photos because I didn't have a camera with me. And also the back road to town isn't a very good place for pulling over to take photos. But we'll remember it. So as you've probably guessed, it's winter here. Did I say where we live? We live in a small village in the state of New South Wales, Australia, about an hour and a half's drive south of Sydney. one thing that the cold weather isn't good for is exercising. Nobody feels like getting changed and going out running when it's very cold, especially if it's windy as well, though we have been doing it. But that feeling of having to peel off your warm clothes and put on cold exercise clothes and then walk down the road, shivering all the way. Because, of course, once we start moving, we do warm up very quickly. It's just the thought of doing it and actually getting down the road. So I've been wearing a couple of jackets as I've gone out the door and gloves and a hat. And I probably look really quite ridiculous to people that, yeah, as I said, live in cold place, really cold places. But it gets us out the door or down the road, do a quick lap of of a couple of tracks with two jackets on, peel one off and before we know it, we've warmed up. But yeah, exercise isn't really much fun in the winter. I'm finding that we're really having to push ourselves to do it and it's just probably a good thing that we have a dog who needs exercising. And she's not a small lap dog. She's uh, quite a big dog, part pointer, um maybe cattle dog as well. But she is made for running and she loves running. You take her for a walk and she'll be quite happy, but she likes to run even more. And she's our running dog. We might run five or six K with her and she won't complain at all. She just laps it up. So we've got to exercise her every day. So that's one thing that's pulling us out the door every day is to go and run. But Sophie's not doing so well in the cold because she has asthma and the cold air is exasperating that asthma to the point where she can't run very far before she has to stop have a puff of her ventolin and try and continue and she's actually given up running at the moment outside and she has chosen to do some other form of exercise at home now what she is actually doing is video workouts from youtube she likes the fitness blender ones And she's been having great fun working through some of their programs. There's an awful lot of videos on the site and Sophie has been very excitedly showing me, trying to tempt me to do Fitness Blender workouts as well. I've got a couple of things to say about that. But the first one is, how did she get onto Fitness Blender? How did she get the idea to do some video workouts? Well, it all started when I found a post in my Facebook feed about Jane Fonda. Now, Jane Fonda is 70-something, I believe. This article was comparing her to Jermaine Greer. And they were talking about exercise... And I remember Jane Fonda from my teenage, early 20s years when I used to have a Jane Fonda workout cassette. She's a player of my cassette player. Like, we'll never forget the words, make it burn, as Jane Fonda urges us on to, yeah, work out really hard, make it burn. And in those days, of course, cassettes they were the height of technology we couldn't actually see jane Fonda doing all the moves we just had to listen very very carefully and try and place our legs as she was telling us to and all that keep on going and we thought this was rather great having cassette instructions for a workout well these days jane Fonda is on youtube with workouts and so you can now see jane Fonda. We don't have to listen quite so closely. She, we can watch her doing the workout. And I guess we could also see the results of making it burn. Of course, you can buy Jane Fonda DVDs and get the same effect. But the ones I was looking at were on YouTube because I was writing a blog post about how things change, how fast the world is changing. Yeah, technology, just whizzing along. Where will we be in another 5, 10, 20 years' time? Where will we be when our youngest children, for us, and maybe your oldest children, if you've only got little ones, enter the workforce? What sort of world will they be entering? What sort of jobs will be available? And so I was pondering these thoughts in a blog post, can we prepare children for an unknown future? And I don't know if we can. I've learned so much as an adult. And in this blog post, I list, listed a few of the things that I've had to learn to do since I became an adult. My uh, high school, my primary school education didn't prepare me at all to live in this high tech world. But I've, I mean, I've coped. Of course, everybody does. We learn as we go. So I just was wondering, Yeah, what sort of jobs will our children have? Can we prepare them now for those jobs? Well, if we don't know what they'll be doing, how can we prepare them? But we can give them a love of learning so that they're eager to go out there and learn new things. And I've been able to keep up with the new world and I'm sure my children will as well. But back to their Fitness Blender videos. So after I found the Jane Fonda workouts on YouTube, I just casually said to Sophie, I bet there's a lot of other different types of workouts on YouTube. And she went and had a look and she came back and said she'd found some called Fitness Blender, which she liked the look of. I had a look as well, and I found a few Zumba ones, which I'm not very good at Zumba. I've tried it a few times, and I haven't really got the coordination for it. My legs all get muddled up, and I'm sure I look absolutely ridiculous as I'm trying to dance along. But I've tried it a few times, as I said, and it is great fun. But it wasn't Zumba that caught Sophie's imagination. It was these other uh, Fitness Blender ones. Some of them use hand weights. Other ones are very much aerobically uh, centred with lots of jumping jacks. Other ones are Pilates based. There's a, a great deal of choice on their website and their YouTube channel. And Sophie has been showing me these. The, the thoughts I had about them with it was this. How children like to share their passions. I really love sharing my passions with my children or anybody who will listen It is a a wonderful feeling about sharing something that's valuable to me and having them think it's interesting as well. And if they go as far as wanting to share it, that's a real bonus. And so when Sophie came and wanted to share her videos with me, yeah, I could understand her excitement. And I listened to her and I watched a couple with her. The next step was, do I actually do a workout? I was very reluctant to try them. I know that I am fit. I can run quite oh, well, I can run a long way. maybe maybe my distance if, if I was pushed would be about 8k. I run regularly near a 6k each time we go out for a run. and that's not too difficult. I am just run along and that's fine. But workouts are different matter altogether. I know I have muscles that I haven't used in a long, long time. Not my leg muscles, but yeah, other ones, (laughs) especially my arms. I used to do a lot of hand weight uh, workouts as well, not on video, but just from a book. But I haven't done that for a long time because I've been running. So I was really quite reluctant to do a video workout, but I remembered how I like people to share what I'm doing. So the other day I said to Sophie, okay, which workout would you recommend? And she told me how they're graded. I think it's one to five. And how you can choose which part of the body you want to work on. You just put some of these key terms into their search engine. And Fitness Blender comes up with a lot of suggestions of appropriate videos. So I found one called, oh, I think it was called Hit. I'm not sure exactly what the rest of the title was. I had a quick look at it before I went and got changed and I said to Sophie look I'll give that one a go so she went off and did her routine and I disappeared into my bedroom to try this one out and it was a lot of lunging star jumping push-ups the best thing about it was it didn't go for that long I think it was 16 minutes intensive activity and it was only later on that Sophie explained to me what hit means and it's something to do with high intensity training intervals I think Uh, Yes, so many high-intensity seconds with a few seconds of rest in between. I think maybe I should have tried something a little easier to start with. But I got through it. I felt really good afterwards. Going through it, I didn't feel so good. I thought, what am I doing here? This is hard work. I'm a stubborn sort of person, and I pushed myself the whole way through it, not wanting wanting to give up. But I can't say I enjoyed it very much. And afterwards, Sophie said, well, how did you like it, Mom? Did you enjoy Working out with a video, I said. Well, to be honest, I didn't really enjoy it very much. It was hard work, and she said, "Oh, mum, but you'll get easier. Just do it next time. Do another one." I thought, "Do I really want to do another one? That was wasn't much fun. It was a lot of pain. I think my legs are going to hurt. Do I really want to continue doing video workouts?" And then I remembered how hard it was when I began running. I couldn't even run one side of the football field. Yeah, I used to count um fence posts, get to one more fence post, or when I was running down the bush tracks, just get to another tree. It wasn't a lot of fun at all. It was no fun at all, actually. And the first time I came back, after my first run, which was more like a walk with a little bit of running sprinkled here and there, I collapsed on the bed with pounding ears, the blood rushing through my ears, uh, breathing deeply, red in the face. Every part of me ached, and I said, I'm never, ever doing that again. This is ridiculous. I'm too old for this. But that particular day, I'd gone out with my husband Andy and my older girls, Imogen and Charlotte, but the two younger girls, Sophie and Gemma Rose, hadn't come with us. I think actually they were in bed when we went running. And when they heard I'd been running, they they were so excited. You went for a run, Mum. Oh, wow. We're so proud of you. Can we come with you tomorrow? And I thought, well, if they come with me tomorrow, that means I've got to go back and and try again, which I did. And obviously, I kept on running, and it did become easier after a time. But yeah, it was hard work. But the reason I persisted was because my children kept on encouraging me. They were just so proud of me. They kept saying, "Oh, Mum, not many mothers run." We're so proud of you. And they wanted to do it with me. And this was a big lesson for me in the fact that we have to encourage our children with anything that we would like them to do, or even the things that they want to do, they will have more success if they are encouraged and if we share that interest with them. And if we do that interest with them as well, rather than just listen, that's an added bonus. Talking of persevering, Sophie is uh, persevering with her writing at the moment. It's Camp NanoRIMO Month, National Novel Writing Month. These months happen three times a year. Two months a year are called Camp NanoRIMO, and in November is the main event, NanoRIMO, And it's an opportunity to write a novel in 30 days. For Camp NanoRIMO. The writer can choose their word goal, but for the November event, the goal is 50,000 words or more. I've done NanoRiMo three times, but my girls have done it even more times than that, and they've also done a number of camp NaNoWriMo's. Sophie decided that she would write a novel of 50,000 words. Jim Rose decided on 40,000, and Imogen decided to do 50,000 as well. And Charlotte has opted out this month because she has only just started her uni course and she decided that one new thing at a time was enough. If she decided to write a novel, maybe her her university work would suffer as she was trying to ease her way into it, trying to find her feet, moving on to this new stage of her life. Anyway, it is, what is the date today? It's the 20th of July as I'm recording this podcast. So there's 10 days left of the month or is that 11 days? It's July, 11 days left of the month. And Gemma Rose has passed her 40,000 words. She's almost at 50,000 words. So for an 11-year-old, that's pretty good. Imogen is behind Gemma Rose, which is a surprise because usually by this stage, Imogen has passed the 50,000 mark and she's gone and well past that. But she's pacing herself this month because she's got a lot on. But Sophie, Sophie, until this morning, was behind the word count. If she had continued at the rate she was going, she she wouldn't have got to 50,000 words by the end of the month. I could see she wanted to give up. Uh, so many other things Sophie is interested in, not just fitness, but her photography. She loves writing blog posts, making videos. She has a lot of interests that are the same as mine, and I can see that she's just itching to do something other than write. And I keep saying to her, well, Sophie, it's your choice. If you don't want to finish NaNoWriMo this time, then it's your decision. You can you can just stop any time you like, but she won't. She's stubborn like me, and I think she knows that she'll feel very satisfied when she gets to the end of the month and she's actually done it. So this morning, she and Gemma Rose have been doing a lot of writing. And to encourage each other along, they've been doing what we call word wars. They got that from Imogen and her writing group. They decide on a time period, maybe 15, 20 minutes, and then they challenge each other to write as many words as possible during that time period. And So they get there and their fingers are click-clacking on on their keyboard to see who will write the most words in the 20-minute period. And it doesn't really matter who wins because they both win because they get a, a big chunk of words towards their goal. So they've done that a number of times this morning. I just mentioned that Sophie likes video making. She makes a number of screencast tutorials, anything that she learns how to do. For example, how to edit her photos or how to change something on her blog. She writes that idea down in her notebook and she might go back and make a A video about it so that she can share that on YouTube and quite often she makes videos for me she might edit her photos and then I might say to her well how did you get that effect and she says well alright I'll make a video Mum, about it and then you can watch it and you'll know how to do that too so for example she made me one on how to make blog graphics for blog posts using PicMonkey so I think this is rather funny that She is making videos to teach her mother how to do things. But to be very honest, Sophie knows an awful lot more about such things as video making and photography, editing, than I do. At one point, I was sharing what I knew. Now she has just gone beyond me, well beyond me, been teaching herself all sorts of things. And now she is sharing that with me. And one of her new resources recently that she's been exploring is the full version of Photoshop. I bought her the Photoshop Elements 13, an educational version because being homeschoolers and because my husband also is a school teacher, we were able to buy that at a reduced price. But we have also got a subscription to the full Photoshop because Charlotte is our family artist and she's been doing a drawing course which needed the full version of photoshop so sophie has been exploring it too and yes really enjoying learning how to use it and one of the things i've been exploring is my corel software video making software i've got corel pro x8 i think it's called and it's got a lot more functions and features on it than I realized, so I've been watching some tutorials and playing around with it and learning a little bit more than the basics. And what I would like to do is make some more videos, little t- short ones, two- to three-minute ones, on various unschooling ideas. I think I've made three so far, taking just a little snippet of a podcast or a video, uh just a little tiny piece of something larger, And making a video out of it and putting it on YouTube. So I made one of these the other day using a snippet from my last podcast, episode 33, which was called Starting Unschooling. And I just took a, I think it was a three-minute segment, and I found some images, photos that I had on my computer, photos of our family doing unschooly type things. And I put the two together. Uh, I, I actually added a little bit of music at the beginning and the end and made a video of it, hoping that for people who don't want to listen to a full podcast or a full video might be prepared to listen or watch for two to three minutes. And if they're interested in seeing or listening to the full thing, there's that option too. They... Found what I had to say in that two or three minutes interesting. They can now come over to my podcast and listen to the full episode 33. So yes, I've, um, I've got a YouTube channel, Sue Alvis, if you're interested in keeping up with any of my videos. The other video I made in the week was, uh, one called Why Picnics Are Important. It started off life as a blog post, one with a lot of photos in. It does have a message. It's not just a retelling of a picnic day that we had. It tells uh, a little bit about our homeschooling story. It's only three minutes long, maybe three and a half minutes long at the most. And yes, I put this blog post into a video and added appropriate photos of my family. And now it's on YouTube as well. And that's one thing I'd like to do is to make more video stories. I have a lot of grief stories on my out of my Catholic mind blog and to reach a new audience, I'd like to make those into videos as well to tell the, those grief stories and have some kind of background to them that people can watch while they're listening to the story. Except the only thing is I haven't decided what is a good background. For some of the, the unschooling ones, I use photos from my of my family from my computer files but for my grief stories I have relatively few photos and I can't use the same ones over and over again for every story so I haven't solved that problem yet so if anybody has any ideas about how to tell a story on a video and have something interesting in the background for people to watch I'd be really um, grateful for some ideas. Mm -hmm. thing I'd like to talk about in today's podcast is what we have been watching. Maybe you have need some ideas for some things to watch as well. Now we got a trial subscription of Quickflix, which I guess is a smaller version of Netflix for everybody who knows about Netflix. It's an Australian direct streaming video service. They also have uh, DVDs which they pop into the post for you. We have been receiving a few DVDs in the mail and watching them and we started off with Phantom of the Opera. I know this isn't new but it is new to my younger children and that's what I find really fascinating with having lots of children of different ages is that Younger children get to the age where they can share what older children were sharing were watching or listening to a few years ago. And the older children are so excited to share their favorites with their younger siblings. Oh, you must watch this. We really enjoyed this. We'll watch it with you. And then they put on an old favorite and enjoy it all over again. But it's new to Sophie and Gemma Rose. And this is what happened last week. We had a Phantom of the Opera marathon. One night we watched the Phantom of the Opera film version. And the next night we watched Phantom of the Opera's sequel, Love Never Dies, which was a stage version. And the third night we watched Phantom of the Opera, the stage version. And I think of all of them, we we liked the stage version of Phantom of the Opera best. Love Never Dies was very disappointing. We didn't particularly like the music. Uh, We didn't like the storyline at all. and We felt that it was taking Phantom of the Opera too far, that they, they should have just stuck with Phantom of the Opera and not tried to make a sequel. But we didn't regret watching it because it gave us a lot of things to talk about. And I think that's one thing about things not being perfect, even though... We got to the end and thought, well, we don't really want to watch this again. We're going to send this DVD back. It's not worth watching again. did bring up a number of discussion points. We talked about why we didn't like it as much, what we did like about Phantom of the Opera, what they could have done better, in our opinion. (laughs) Not that we are composers or anything, but we all have our own ideas. What we did like about it, despite everything. So yes, we had some good conversations after our Phantom of the Opera marathon. It was fully enjoyable sitting together for three nights in a row and having some family movie nights together. The, other, the DVD that we got in the post from Quicklicks was Fiddler on the roof and we watched that on Saturday night and I had never seen it before though I uh, the movie version though I had seen a stage version at Sydney Opera House oh just the year after Andy and I got married, which was a long time ago. and it was a work. A Christmas outing. Everybody at Andy's place of employment w- was picked up in limousines from the place of work, and we were driven to the Sydney Opera House to see Fiddler on the Roof. And I couldn't remember much about it, so it felt like a new movie to me when we sat down the other night. That was very enjoyable, though very sort of sad as well. And I think that'll lead into a bit of history if the girls want to know more about the the history of the time that Fiddler on the Roof is set in. And one more thing that we've been watching is Shakespeare Uncovered. It's a a series. I think there's two series. Each one has six episodes. Each episode is based around a Shakespeare play. And an actor or, or an actress features in every episode talking about the play. And the one we watched today was Ethan Hawke talking about Macbeth. There are a few odd moments in the episodes that we've seen that I would say would be adult orientated rather than children friendly. But... We got through those. That was okay. I'm not sure what the other episodes will hold. And so maybe if you're thinking about watching them with younger children, maybe preview them or be prepared to fast forward a few bits. But the couple of episodes that we've watched so far, we've enjoyed immensely because we're Shakespeare fans. It's one of our passions that we all share. I think uh, Gemma Rose, which well, is 11, but she, she, she's been watching Shakespeare for years. She just sort of sat on the edge of while the other girls were watching and every now and then she would ask what was going on and they would stop and explain to her and she picked up the ideas pretty quickly. So yes, yeah, she's a Shakespeare fan as well. And if you're in a country that, that can access PBS videos, we're not. I, we get that horrible message saying that we're these videos are not available in in our country, which is really frustrating because PBS have some wonderful things on their website and I wish we could access them. But I imagine that a lot of people uh, in other countries, especially um, the US, will be able to access those and they have all the episodes of Shakespeare Uncovered available on that site and a lot of other resources for Shakespeare as well. So yeah, if you want to hop over to pbs and have a look see if you can access them i'd recommend those yeah a lot i have another little thing that i wanted to share i got asked to contribute to flourish the sarah mckenzie's e-magazine she blogs at amongst lovely things and the editor courtney she uh, asked me if I would just write just a small paragraph so if you would like to read my little paragraph you can find that in Flourish e-magazine on the blog amongst lovely things Sarah McKenzie you can uh, subscribe for the magazine I hear that there's a it's a very popular magazine maybe 10,000 subscribers and it comes out every two months so I'll leave a link for that in the program notes. Which brings us to the end of my podcast. I thank you for very much for listening today to all my odds and ends, my week in review maybe. If you would like to visit my Facebook page, it's called Stories of an Unschooling Family. You'd be most welcome to join me there. It's been a bit quiet Lately, I've been building up my Facebook page again after changing over from my Sue elvis Brights Facebook page, which is still going, but yes, I'm building up again on a new page. Also, feel welcome to visit my blog, Stories of an Unschooling Family, where I will post program notes. And if you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, you can do that through iTunes, or you can follow it on Podbean. And thank you to all those wonderful people who stopped by after my last podcast to encourage me to keep on podcasting past August when my Podbean subscription ends. So until next time, trust, respect and love unconditionally.